0: Parked Up, powered by Race Fuels. We are back for episode 16 of Parked Up. Tony Delberto is with me. My name is Grant Rowley and the state is in absolute turmoil. (laughs) We are in a state of massive corona confusion, Tony D. There's been lots going on since we last spoke a week ago.
1: Mate, the world has just turned upside down, Victoria especially, aren't we naughty
0: down here
1: we must be yeah clearly the cases have been going up since we last spoke and i think yesterday we had about 117 cases which is you know really bad and the borders are about to be closed so as we speak Every Victorian supercar team is literally on the road scrambling trying to get out of the state just like the AFL players did.
0: Yeah, that's it's unbelievable. It's diff supercars is so different to footy though. Footy is played every week and mm. supercars is is just by nature a lot different. So yeah. how are they are going to manage any all of this?
1: Way harder for them to pack their stuff up. It's not like, let's grab my footy boots and the ball and let's go, yeah. you know, to make it really simplistic
0: football. A, for you as a race driver. As a race driver, yeah. Helmet and th- boots, see you later.
1: You think about old mate who's just, you know, got the engine out, half in or half out, and suddenly <laughs> it's like, guys, we need to drop everything, pack the t- cars in the truck, doesn't care what state they're in, and get out of the state. So... It's mayhem out there.
0: Isn't it? Yeah, so we had a couple of people that we were going to talk to, but with all of this going on, Tony, I basically put the entire show in the bin. <laughs> and we'll,
1: this is about half an hour ago. Yeah,
0: and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see who we can get in touch with. Um, and I'd imagine that the people who we do get in touch with might be on the road as well. So, like, unbelievable, unprecedented actions being taken mm. by supercars to actually get the VIC teams to try and do this. And I guess the biggest cost that they'll probably have to incur is the accommodation mm. uh, and and the,
1: you know... But how's the the Queensland teams, though? They're just sitting back enjoying the sun going, ha-ha. Oh, and it
0: is perfectly sunshine <laughs> up there as well.
1: <laughs> they don't have to rush what their preparation and then maybe work out of somebody else's garage for the next couple of weeks or whenever the Sydney Most Book round is pencilled in. You know, they might change that as well. Who knows? So there's all these things up in the air and But at the moment The priority is just to get out of the state So we don't get stuck mm. And uh, not have you know half the teams Get to the next round So crazy, crazy, crazy But in good news though Go for it Formula 1
0: Yeah, that's back That
1: yeah. was back That was awesome race Hey, awesome listen, race.
0: listen to this I've got something for you Yep slides out and away we go. And Bottas gets away very nicely indeed. Verstappen,
1: oh, so Levin. good to nice. hear those words. Oh so great to have oh Formula One back, and the race didn't disappoint. Did you stay up and watch it?
0: Yeah, oh no, I, I, I went to bed uh, maybe about thirty laps to go, just as stuff started to get real <laughs> interesting. But I did stay at home today and watch the uh, replay. And yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah. Actually, I felt like I did when I was like uh, 14, 15, 16, really getting into F1 and I didn't uh, didn't look at any social media mm. and I just quickly, um, you know, pressed play on the, the Foxtel recording that I had and and watched the replay of the, the last bit of the race that I missed. So yeah. No, um, I,
1: I called it early. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to stay up until 11 and watch that and then get up early for work. So I uh, called, it, went to bed. Then this morning I watched the start with Oscar. He was up early, so we watched uh, the start of the race and then I let the social media sort of fill in the rest of the gaps. So I've still got to watch the entire thing, but it yep. looked like an eventful race. Yeah,
0: heaps going on. Only, I think, 11 finishes or something. Yeah, Quite unpredictable, but um, predictable result in that the Mercedes went on yeah. to win. What do you think of that uh, DAS system that they have, the, <laughs> DA- the DAS, pull the steering wheel and wheels straighten? That's cool.
1: Look, I mean, I'd, uh, I'm not sure how much difference it actually makes, but i tell you what it does do. It makes every other team down pit lane uh, focus on that aspect of it and maybe take their uh, focus off what they're actually doing. We saw Red Bull actually protested on the weekend. They were going to protest it back in Australia. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen. So they brought it to Austria and uh, they have tried to protest again. But uh, no action was taken. So apparently, though, they've they've outlawed it for next year already. So Mercedes will get the chance to use it this year. But who knows how much time they're actually gaining from it? Yeah. But uh, you know, as we know, Mercedes Benz is the was is the team to beat in Formula One. And it, whether it was Lewis or, or Bottas, they were always in uh, P one all weekend. So Lewis had a pretty rough weekend, though. Like mm. from you know qualifying, getting uh, a grid spot penalty not getting the pole, and then in the race, coming together with Alex Albon uh, later in the race there. And to be honest, I, I really felt that wasn't entirely his fault. Like when you look at the outside vision, and you see Albon going around the outside of him, which is it's ambitious, mm. but when you look at the outside vision, you think, oh, Lewis could have given him more room. But then when you look on the onboard of Lewis, he's it's not like he sees albon coming around the outside and he opens up the wheel to try and squeeze him he's still trying to turn the corner and the rear wheels on those things are so much wider than the front the rear wheels just clipped the front of lewis and around albon's gone so i don't think there was any sort of like you know malice no i don't think so i really don't i mean he ended up copping a five second penalty and i reckon to be honest at the end of the race there bottas was controlling the pace right who knows you know like he could have disappeared a little bit and allowed Lewis to clear the other guys by five seconds and maintain that position too. Well, you think Bottas
0: was um, yeah, a bit I of reckon. gamesmanship yeah. there, In- yeah, intra-team gamesmanship?
1: Well, Norris only just beat him by a 15th you know, to get that um, position three. So it ended up relegating Lewis back to fourth. Are
0: we allowed to say 15th
1: Yeah. Oh, I am. <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed to say anything these days. No, just anyway. So, yeah, relegating back to fourth. So, it gave Bottas a a handy points lead. And with the championship the way it is, who knows how many rounds we're actually going to have. So, you've got to make the most of it right now.
0: Mm, Yeah, it was interesting. But, look, just great that the sport was back. First ever international sport to come back post-coronavirus. So, look, we're not post-coronavirus. We've still got a long damn way to go Mm. through this, especially the events of the last... 24 or 48 hours particularly down here in filthy filthy victoria yeah but cool that f1 got back going and now we get ready for next week which is Mm. at exactly the same track one of the one of the key things they're going to change the tires the the different different tires i think softer option tires for next week's race at the same track
1: yeah Um, That'll be interesting because mm. there's high deg on that track anyway So if we go for a softer tyre, it's obviously going to be faster for a period But it's going to drop off really quickly So you'll probably see the guys that were at the front still at the front But it will maybe uh, shake up the middle there And whoever's better on their tyres Now I do feel like a filthy Victorian though Yeah Last week I was meant to go testing in my TCR Rocket The Honda Mm -hmm. Civic TCR car And it was all set up for Sydney Motorsport Park and then Wally rang me the night before and said mate we just can't have you just cannot have you filthy the Victorians in yeah. New South Wales around my New South Wales customers and, and other drivers and yeah it was right call but you know that could be what we're going to see from for a little while yet you know where the borders shut it won't be for a week it's going to be for probably a month you know we've got another test day later in the month as well and who knows whether we can actually do that. Uh, yeah,
0: and we can't get them to come down here either because then no. they'll be trapped down here.
1: Maybe I need to get someone else's TCR. T- there's a couple of TCR cars in this workshop.
0: Well, there's a couple of Hondas here in, in Melbourne, yeah. the Clementes and Zach Suter. Oh. I don't know what your relationship with I'm Zach sure Suter is
1: like now after you yeah, tipped him, him off of the in, way.
0: Um, in the sim racing.
1: I'm sure they'll let me, uh, you know, dominate their car for a test day and, you know, wear it out for them. <laughs> <laughs> Can you uh, ring them and ask?
0: Uh, okay, so making me call them <laughs> is a pretty good indication of where you th- what you think the answer's going to be. Okay, cool. So racing was back internationally. We don't know what's happening locally, but let's have a look, TD, at some of the news in the past week. Most of the news that we've got really centres around some very very cool results for the Aussies mm. over overseas. They did an incredible job. Oscar Piastri taking his first win in Formula Three. Uh, he's a filthy Victorian as well. So, um, <laughs> but uh, good that good to see him him take a win. He he drove, of course, in our ARG Esport yeah, Cup. Yeah, so, I, I
1: taught him a few things in that race, and I think he's. Taking that into his first F3 race Of course Of course um, <laughs> I didn't yeah, see so, which way he went <laughs>
0: uh, Tasmanian Alex Peroni Finished mm. third in, in the same race In, in exactly the yeah. same race They didn't quite get those uh, Good results uh, Later on But Yeah reverse um,
1: top 10 For the second race so, That's right uh, it was a Much harder task for Oscar. But he still came through, I think, to P7 or 8 in that race. Uh, Liam Lawson from New Zealand won that race. We can claim the Kiwis as ours. It was a really good weekend for Kiwis as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, Of course, Jackson Evans won the Porsche Super Cup race. Jordan Love, the reigning Australian... Carrera Cup champion made his debut, finished twelfth yep. as yep. well. Made so up six
1: spots in the race. It was a really, really good drive. Yep.
0: So he uh he he did an exceptional job over there. So despite the doom and gloom, there's mm. some uh, there's some quite good things happening for our uh, countrymen. countrymen yeah. kicking uh, goals over there.
1: Will power as well in IndyCar, took yep. his fifty eighth pole position. It's unbelievable, isn't yep. it? Yep, yep, so that's Scott
0: Dixon won the race. Scott Dixon won Kiwi. the race Kiwi. We can call him an Aussie as well. Crazy. Yeah. So awesome results uh, over in Austria for the Aussies. Dan Ricardo let the team down massively. Oh,
1: yeah, he had a power unit failure, which I don't know what that means, but basically the engine or transmission or gearbox, whatever, has stopped working and he retired from the race unfortunately. I tell you what, those Renaults really are disappointing.
0: Yeah, they're they're a bit of a struggle. Like most of them look like they're struggling though mm. compared to the Mercedes, they're absolutely in a league of their own. The Red Bulls I think will they looked good in the race. Yeah, they'll be competitive as as the season comes through. The McLarens are good mm. and, and positive for Ricardo for next year for when he goes to to McLaren like there was uh, a bit of talk just in the past week about McLaren, you know, potentially going under and uh not having enough cash in the bank to yep. to do the things that they like to do, but uh, they build a handy mousetrap for their Formula 1 car and Lando Norris awesome result that he got up there and and scored a podium, but that's the international news. The yep. the big news locally is that we've we've got some drama's trying <laughs> to get to the next trying to get to the next supercars round. So After our last podcast, we thought we were going to Winton. Mm. We're not going to Winton. Because of our state being completely infested with this COVID-19, supercars elected... I shouldn't be laughing. No. Sorry. we're, uh, We're all part of it. Yeah, so no Winton supercars round. And that round, the truck assist supported event has been moved to Sydney Motorsport Park. So two rounds in Sydney. And that there, I think that's the very first time that something like that has ever happened for for us. Very similar to Formula One, they're just doing theirs on consecutive weekends.
1: I like what the Supercars did there. Uh, obviously, reacting very quickly, they were going to do a night race uh, and different tyres as well for the weekend. So it wasn't, yeah, we're going to the same circuit, but totally different format. Uh, so I thought that was that was quite clever. So
0: for our viewers, just tell us what the differences are with the tyre regs for this second event in Sydney.
1: Well the first one they didn't have enough tyres and then they ran the one compound and the soft compound. But going to Sydney for the second time around they've actually got the hard and soft compound. So there's going to be some races there where drivers are going to elect to run their hard compound, let's say they don't qualify well, uh, run their hard compound, get that out of the way and basically take the pain in that race and know they're not going to get a result. Um, because generally the soft tire will be, you know, up to a second half, two seconds a lot faster than the harder tire. But the harder tire does last a little bit longer. But that time that you lose, um, you'll never get it back in a short sprint race like uh, we saw at the last city motorsport round. So and then being at night as well, there's the, the night race on the Saturday, Day, you know, that that just adds a whole nother element to it. And there was a little bit of chat which got squashed, but they were gonna run the Gardner Circuit, which is the the Full layout, which is very sort of Mickey Mouse around the back and very tight and twisty, but they decided against that. So I think that was probably the right call. Uh, I could just see, they have got a section there where you come down the hill and into a hairpin. I can see guys just getting speared in the door and, you know, chaos.
0: Yeah, and there's not a lot of runoff there either for their... TV production it would have meant a couple of extra cameras down there as well it it was just going to add more and more and more to the cost
1: yeah that that circuit is really uh, built so you can run separate the the circuit and have two circuits going at once so when we do like driver training events there you can have people on the south circuit and uh, people on the other side of the circuit as well I think it's the north circuit they call and, and separate the circuit so you can run different activities but that's in a road car at slow speed, uh, not in a race car at full pelt and you know, 25 guys around each other. So I don't know if they've actually ever raced a car around there. I'm not sure.
0: Uh, maybe a uh, State Series yeah, did, okay. did, a, did, a, did a race around there. I remember they they ran a couple of supercars around yes. just that, that shorter circuit. Mm. There was chat a few years back that they were going to do a night race just on that circuit for supercars, right? It never, it never came to fruition. But no would cer- be pass. It was certainly uh, something that they were going to consider as a um, as a prime time specifically for TV. Sure, yep. fans could go there. There's not a lot of room for the fans to go. They could probably erect a couple of grandstands for that. Mm. Uh, worrying about fans going to racetracks is probably something we don't have to worry about just yeah. for the, the short term anyway. Certainly not down here
1: yeah, in but Victoria. But they said they were going to have 10,000 people there. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. So what's the go now? Course. No, no, they, no.
0: They're going to. They're going to. Okay. I, w- I, was, I had my Victorian hat firmly <laughs> on as I said that. We're not doing anything. You and I no, are sitting in not, the same no. room. Right now, probably is even frowned upon. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, as we said, all the teams are now mobilizing. They're
1: boots scooting.
0: To get across the border before Tuesday night. So, when you listen to this, before tomorrow night, they've got to be out of here to go do it. Now, that includes teams, drivers, it's going to include officials. Anyone who needs to be there is going to have to be across the border to complete their duties mm-hmm. in Sydney in two weeks' time. It also means tyres and fuel. And I thought the very first person we should call, let's call Mark Teeney from Race Fuels, our great sponsor. This is the first time we've mentioned race fuels. We're not very good at mentioning race fuels, are we?
1: We just mentioned it three times then, so that's good.
0: Mark Teeny from Race Fuels, let's get him on the line right now for a quick news chat, see where he's at and see what the situation is. We've got Mark Tini on the line from Race Fuels. Mark, tell us about the predicament that you've been thrown in today. Are you on the road and will you be at Sydney?
2: Hi, Grant. Yeah, I can confirm that I'm heading to Sydney. I'm hoping to hope it'll cross the border in a couple of hours. The challenge we have is that if the border's do close, then you know, civilians like myself who are staffing these supercar events can't get to Sydney if we come back into Victoria so this is our one chance for a border crossing Uh, obviously it's a week early but we'll take it and then the the fuel is on its way up tonight as well so we'll have both staff and fuel for Sydney and behind the scenes we'll probably have enough fuel on board to do Darwin as well. We may need to reload in Sydney but what was important was to get both our trucks and our staff over the border today because we believe that there's a um, there's a closure at midnight tonight and it might be midnight tomorrow but at the same time we're not taking the chances we'll have we'll have there for midnight tonight
0: so you are planning not only for the second post covid round at sydney but you've also got darwin in the back of your mind as well are you going to make sure you yeah, get so- enough fuel across uh, across the border for that event
2: yeah yeah and i i believe that's part of the strategy to get everyone together so that we can travel as perhaps a hub and we can at least keep everyone out of what's considered a high COVID area or a greater risk area being Greater Melbourne or Victoria. If we, if we start our transfer across from Sydney to go to Darwin, we just maybe be, um, yeah, might be an appropriate transit. But that remains to be seen. But I think today's actions of people moving forward to get across into New South Wales is a method of securing staff and equipment in the right place ahead of the uh, round next weekend.
0: Where are you staying in Sydney when you get there?
2: Haven't figured that out yet, but I actually rang out uh, the Attura Blacktown. I do love the Attura Blacktown. We're always staying there, so that will be out. That will be the Race Fuels hub for, uh, for a period of a week. But you had really, hadn't really planned for this, so uh, I hope I've got enough Race Fuels jackets and enough Race Fuels hats. But literally, I, w- I went from the office to home. I gave my wife a kiss and said, I'm going to go for 10 days. This is it. And here we are.
1: Marcus TD, mate, uh, how much warning did they give you? Did supercars just ring you this morning and say, get out, or was pretty, it sort of bubbling pretty away?
2: Pretty much. My first, my first phone call was about 10 o'clock this morning. Yep. And then, obviously, as you do, you get that sort of call and you have to start looking at at the media and, and start listening to the radio, and it was very clear from 10 o'clock that this was happening. And uh, it became quite obvious that, hey, if we want to be on top of this, we need to we need to pivot and get our gear Organised and, and load our truck and get north, and we're lucky that the um, you know, the race rules crew we have are organised and the truck was all but packed regardless because that's how we that's how we roll. So oh, we
1: wouldn't expect anything else.
2: I'm not, I'm not talking <laughs> up; it's the truth. We we, we um, I, I really do do feel bad for any race teams right now who would be in the middle of a rebuild or yes or any uh, components not on a car. We're we're lucky enough to to have trucks. We strap the drums down, we close the curtains, and we drive out. But um, yeah, just I can't fathom how it is for a race team right now, having to coordinate their equipment and their personnel to
0: get north. We thank Mark from Racefields for that. But as he said, let's find out how the teams are dealing with this. Let's grab Charlie Schwerkolt from Team 18 on the phone. Supercars team owner Charlie Schwerkolt from Team 18. Charlie, tell us a little bit about how your day has panned out.
3: Hi, uh, Tony. Hi, Grant. Um, Yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy day. Had a bit of a phone call. Um, I think my team manager, uh, Steve Henderson, called me. There's a bit of a news article that the borders may shut. And and I said, no, that's not going to happen. Maybe on the weekend. And then Adrian uh, Burgess from Supercars, this is going to happen. And it could happen, you know tomorrow or the next day so we're all scrambling around uh see if you can uh, get accommodation etc to move in a few days time and then unfortunately it's changed so quickly really really quick and then oh, i reckon it was about 11 30, 12 um the borders for greater melbourne are shutting tonight at midnight and then uh victoria tomorrow night so we're going to pack up and uh get out of victoria like the afl teams
1: Charlie, it's TD, mate. Good to chat to you. I just want to know uh, where were the cars at? Were they uh, stripped down with engines in, engines out? What, what was the go with them?
3: Yeah, I was down in Melbourne on Thursday or Friday, saw all the cars uh, uh, getting prepped, etc. Um, both engines were in. We were going to freshen up car 20's engine KREO supplier, but I don't think that's happening at the moment. Um, it was sort of there's no drama, so the cars are reasonably complete. Set up would be uh, very similar, obviously going back to Sydney, but no, we're actually in pretty good shape. It's uh, it's going to be a mad rush, mad rush tonight to load everything up. But uh, I know they're scrambling around everywhere. But some of the commitments for some of our staff has thrown. Uh, a couple of curveballs like house settlements and um, you know all sorts of stuff uh, that creates a little bit of an issue. So uh, a few teams have reached out to help uh, for for premises and also uh, staff if we need it.
0: So what's the very very short term plans? Uh, what time do cars leave? Where's the first stop for the for the crew?
3: So the, the the crew itself uh, are going to leave at 7 p.m. tonight. They're gone home and getting all their clothes and everything ready, and they're going to go up to Albury. And uh, Sarah at Works book some accommodation for the whole team uh, for about 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock tonight to stay in Albury for the night. So that's that's the crew, truck driver, probably the same. He'll uh, they're packing the trailer now with absolutely every spare we've got um, and load it right up and. Shoot up to the border. And then after that, it's either going to be uh, Sydney Motorsport Park is an option. Uh, My Waverley Forklift Depot is just around the corner in Smithfield. We could go there. There's plenty of room. But um, I think Pit Lane will be open in Sydney uh there so it probably makes sense
0: you can get some of the crew to work inside the uh the your forklift business to uh take some heat off there if there's some extra chores to do
3: <laughs> yeah look i reckon some of the boys would be keen to work on the cars but i don't know if many of our guys would want to work on forklifts but we can always uh we can give it a go anyway a bit of uh co uh company brand, um uh working together so yeah, so I don't know how long we're going to be away for, but obviously um, there, there's talk we, we, we could do a couple of well, – there's, there's definitely three or four events on the go, so which will be interesting.
0: Yeah so amazing for the fans that this actually despite the dramas that we've got down here in Melbourne that the sport can continue but a a huge headache for you guys in terms of you know moving fast and get going and having your crew away for what could be a couple of weeks maybe even more and I guess one of the big costs comes with uh accommodation and and where you put these guys unexpectedly how does how does that all get covered how does it get sorted
3: look the most important thing out of all this i i really think we need to keep racing we have to keep racing sometimes you think oh look just give it away like as in let's just wait for all the victorian borders open and and do it then but no i i think it is the right move it's it's scrambling around but it is the right move to keep racing as far as costs go look we'll we'll work it out somehow and uh supercars may even help with the bill i'm not sure they'll do a deal somewhere on some of the accommodation we're still working that through but we, we've just got to keep racing for tv all the sponsors etc so uh, i'm in favor of that for sure to keep racing
1: yeah, it's a super critical time for the sport, and it is good to see the the desperation, I guess, trying to keep racing, which is really good to see. Now, you didn't actually get to the last round at Sydney Motorsport Park. Will you try and get to the next round, though?
3: Mm, yeah, well, I missed. Uh, I, I reckon I had more fun in my man cave with <laughs> fun, uh, yeah, with sponsors and and family and friends. We had a great time there, mm. so that was really good. Um, was it weird not I've, being there? Yeah, it was a bit weird. It 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 really was weird. It was uh, strange, but but um, it, it sort of at home, it was it was good. It was really good. But I missed the smell of uh, the fuel and and the burning rubber and and the, the noise of the rattle guns and the V8s. But but um, no, I don't believe at this stage I'll be going to Sydney. Um, there's even a slight chance uh, that we may even race this weekend um, oh, wow. because it's only for TV. Um, the guys are just going up there. They just want to see the status of uh everyone's cars etc and if they're you know they're there Wednesday you know there's there's a possibility we might even bring that forward and and there's there's all sorts of scenarios so look I don't think I'll be there at this stage they did a great job uh without me so um (laughs) keep the same way I think
1: obviously expanding to two cars this year and you've got Scotty Pye join he's joined the team this year how do you think he's settling in and, and what are you what are your expectations for the year
3: for both cars, uh, you know, uh, expectations for Frosty—he'll be five to ten the whole way through. I think he's—he's—he's—he's mm. he's, he's really, really a switched-on guy, fantastic operator, and and a great steerer and and a good friend too. But he's doing a great job as three top tens at, at Sydney. He's—he's—he's he's, he's just a class act, and he knows what to do, keep it consistent, and and get some results the way through. Scotty, um. Scotty's also a great guy, and he can drive. He can really mm. drive. He, uh, you know, Adelaide was a disaster, really. Um, we broke the, uh, the lower control arm, I think it was, um, which two or three Triple Eight teams did. Mm. And then one race he didn't finish because he was taken out by um, Penrite cars. So, like... Yeah, that's right. And then so. The three races at uh, Sydney were his longest uh, time in the car. Yeah. So he got a 10, 11 and a seventeen. Um, he's got a new engineer. Um, he's moved with Phil Keed now. So it's it's basically starting all over again. So I I think he'll he'll just keep going up and up and up. His season started, and he'll just get better and, as he goes and more we'll seat time. And yeah, um, yeah, I think he'll go good.
0: Is it even hard to think about? expectations for track results when you're doing things like you have tried to do today to you know just keep the show on the road
3: totally agree it's um it's yeah I, you're not you're not even worried about results or anything you just want to get there and get the crew there and you feel for some of the crew what they're going to go through um i've had about 100 phone calls today just trying to sort it through well he can't go he can't so we swap a few people around and yeah so the results will come later we've got a good team of people and and uh we'll get it through for sure but um yeah looking forward to getting everyone out of the uh, well a whole crew of 11 people out of um victoria as soon as we possibly can today
1: Great to chat with Charlie there. He sounded like he was uh, a very busy man, but uh, kind of him to actually take our call. That was uh, We didn't uh, plan that one, so that was off the cuff, so thank you very much, Charlie. This, this is
0: what happens in the newsroom, Tony, in the news podcast. It felt like
1: we were in the newsroom.
0: Well, let's, let's keep it rolling. Who should we talk to next?
1: We've got to speak to a driver. I'd like to see how the drivers reacted, and when they found out, they had to uh, pack up their stuff and go.
0: Which driver should we call?
1: I reckon uh, Andre Heimgartner, because he has really good hair.
0: That's going to take a while to get prepared.
1: That's exactly right. All the gel and wax and whatever else he puts in his hair, it might take a little bit more time than the rest.
0: Yeah, well, you you do realise that New South Wales also has um, um, hair house warehouses (laughs) as well. (laughs) You know, that you can buy supplies elsewhere.
1: All right, let's get him on the phone.
0: And we've got Andre Heimgartner, helmet, boots, gloves, race suit. Have you got everything ready to go?
4: <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a funny situation. Just arriving at the workshop now, I had to rush home and, um, you know, pack a month's worth of stuff. It was pretty crazy and, it's you know, I think it's a shock of it. You don't have that time to sort of think about what you need and, um, yeah, just hope you don't forget anything. But, yeah, it's all good fun and games.
1: Andre, it's TD, mate. Tell us about when you got told that you needed to pack up your whole life and uh, head to Sydney.
4: Yeah, so it was, um, you know, obviously this morning the announcement came out and I think everyone was a little bit suspicious about it and, you know, I was wondering what would happen, um, you know, with all this sort of stuff. So it only really came at about, I think it was 1 o'clock that we, we called it. Um, and then obviously, you you know, our cars, they all pull up, pulled apart between the rounds. So we had no engines, we had no uprights, we had nothing. So basically the cars have had the corners put on it, um, the engines are still not, um, and the cars, they're just putting, getting put in the truck in crates um, and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, everyone's sort of frantically running around, making sure we, you know, don't forget everything is the main thing. Because, um, you know, if we're away for um, a month or so, we're going to need fuel rigs. We're going to need all that sort of stuff. So it's quite extensive, the amount of stuff. And, um, yeah, you don't want to, in, in the rush of it, sort of forget that stuff.
1: So what's the plan? Are you going to head to Sydney tonight? Are you going to stay in Aubrey? What are you going to do?
4: Um, well, we, luckily, obviously, the Kellys are in Mildura, and um, their farm's actually on the New South Wales side of Mildura. So, um, we'll be actually going there for the night. How many hours and, is that? Um, really? um, it is about eight or nine hours. Jeez. Interview. Yeah, so, um, it's yeah going to be an interesting drive, but we've got the coach, so... Um, all of us are piling into that, and, um, yeah, we'll be going on a road road tour. It's sort of like being back in the day in a rock band, you know, just cruising around Australia <laughs> for a couple of months. <laughs> Amazing. Just well, live the dream.
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, I'm sure you'll have a couple of days of fun in the in the country there on the on the Murray River. Don't cross over onto the other side of the Murray River. Who knows what disease you'll catch um, here in Victoria. But, um, mate, enjoy Sydney. Thanks for taking our call.
1: That's right. No worries. Thank you. Well, it sounded like Rick was at the door there telling him to hurry up and get out of his Mustang. Uh... Obviously, just rocked up at the workshop, and yeah. they were preparing to uh, put the cars in the truck and preparing to head on up to Mildura.
0: Yes. Um, did you hear him um, call out halfway through the interview? Interview. Yeah. He, someone had uh, uh, tapped on his window or whatever. So yeah, it was nice that he had uh, he took our call there. We're just uh, we're just churning him out. Let's churn out one more. Another supplier. I want to talk to Kevy from Dunlop. Kevin Fitzsimmons. He's been in the category longer than the category he's even existed i think mm. he's been a mainstay i don't know if he's going to take the call but uh let's let's give it give it a shot he'll be a busy boy and we've got kevy on the line we just spoke to martini from race fuels who's had to do a, a fair bit of dashing around but uh i would imagine uh, the amount of stuff that you have to get online for sydney at such a last minute rate is a uh, is a big task
5: yeah, luckily for us, we had all the tyres here for this year, other than Bathurst. So I've got uh, I've got nine and a half thousand tyres sitting in the warehouse. so it's just a matter of which ones we put in. So uh, that was all cool. I actually got them ready last week, uh, but it was just a matter of the phone call today to say hey, you know, get cracking now. So we've uh, we've loaded one forty foot container already. I'm just doing the second one now because we're loading the um, Super Two tyres as well because they're on standby. So. Uh, If uh, that uh, all works out and goes ahead, we'll have all the tyres here ready to go. So um, at this stage, we should be loaded and pretty well on the road by about 6 o'clock tonight. So nice little cruise up the highway.
0: How many guys have you got working on this, packing the trucks?
5: Uh, there's three of us here at the moment. Um, so Steve, our truck driver, now a terminal Sort of, he's uh, he's in the box and um, yeah, we're uh, throwing black things around everywhere. Tyres going left, right and right centre at the moment. So uh, I was just lucky that I actually got it ready last week that uh, it was relatively an easy load as opposed to you know getting the count right, et cetera, with um, the split compounds because we've got hards and softs uh, for the next event, so that'll be... Uh, uh, another little curveball thrown at the team, so it should be fantastic racing, hopefully like we had a couple of weeks
1: ago. Hey, Kevin, you sound like you're out of breath, mate. Uh, obviously a very, very busy day for you guys trying to load all these tyres. Tell us about it. Come on.
5: Yeah, it has. It's, um, the phone call came through about 11 o'clock this morning to, you know, how soon could you load and leave the state? It was literally that, that quick, and it was like, no, oh, serious? Oh, okay, well probably around about twelve hours, right? You know, basically you've got you've got sort of eight hours to be out, so will be on the road. So um, yeah, it was just one of those things. So um, as I said, luckily we had all the tyres here and everything was pretty well ready to go. So um, thank goodness uh, we were able to get hold of a couple of rail containers pretty quick. Um, there's no train from Melbourne to Sydney on on Monday, so they'll uh, they'll go on the uh, the train tomorrow. They'll be in Sydney on Wednesday. Uh, we'll get them to the track on. Uh, wednesday afternoon or thursday and unload them into the garage and then uh, find something to do for a week
1: <laughs> yeah so everything's going to go to sydney motorsport park and then you're just going to cruise around there is a little bit of chat though that the race might be this weekend have you heard those rumors
5: uh yeah it was a possibility but um either way we, we're ready to go if that if that happens we'll already be there the tires will be there they'll be in the garage as of thursday so um I think um, I've left them alone. It's just a matter of um, of uh, you know all the, the ducks getting in a row at the moment and um, everyone getting on the same page with this. Of course, everywhere. So I've just left it at peace at the end of the day. Yeah. Next weekend or the weekend after, it uh, won't hurt us either way. We'll be prepared.
0: What about Darwin? What about the next round? How? how what's the short-term plan for that?
5: Um, once again, the tyres are here in Melbourne, so freight-wise... Um, that's not so much of an issue. Where the issue comes from is with personnel uh, that are in Sydney. So with the quarantine situation for, uh, for Darwin and for Queen and for the town, so as far as I understand, we would probably need to stay in New South Wales and then we haven't got the quarantine restrictions as such, which means um, our truck would stay up there and go direct to Darwin from Sydney and we'd just send containers on rail. I'll just get the guys... Uh, uh, here at our other warehouse to um, to come over here and, and load the necessary tyres. Um, so, you know, we've got a uh, fair bit of time up our sleeve to, to work that one out at the moment, but it'll just be uh, a similar sort of hub situation to what the AFL are running, I'm guessing. But, um, as I said, there's a, phone calls are going everywhere at the moment. There's a fair bit of water to go under the bridge before we, we know where we're at, but we're prepared off... Pack plenty of your socks and jocks, and away we go.
0: <laughs> Mate, we appreciate your time uh, under these circumstances. Just before we let you go, unprecedented uh, stuff that's been going on over the past three months. Did you ever think in your lifetime that you'd see something like this?
5: No, no. It's uh, you know, we're prepared for some strange things, but uh, you know I was watching um, watch the TV there last night, sixty minutes, and I was talking about the bushfires in January. I was sort of, you know, turned around to my son and said, you know, imagine uh, at the end of January if we said that this wasn't going to be the worst thing to hit us this year. And you would have thought I was crazy, you know. And the same to say to anybody that's an ASL fan or um, with the NRL guys and they the say, like you know, Melbourne will be void of a, of a team come the start of a new financial year. They would have thought you'd be crazy, you know. So uh, it's uh, it's new for everybody right across the board, you know, and it's just going to be a different world when this is all over and, um, it's uh, yeah, it's a massive there. It's uh, one of those things, but you know, we'll uh, roll with the punches and come out the other side of it. And um, you know, it's uh, at least we're back racing again. That's uh, that's a big plus because it's a big industry and there's a lot of people whose livelihoods depend on it. So um, you know, bring on the races and see how we go.
0: Like always, Kevy is one of the busiest but nicest guys Mm. that you'll ever likely find Uh, we definitely thank him for uh, taking the time i think he was on a forklift or something (laughs) buzzing around the uh the dunlop sheds here in melbourne uh, trying to get everyone get the tires out and ready for this event it's um Mm. it's frantic times
1: he sounded out of breath so i reckon he's been throwing those uh tires around the workshop trying to Uh, get all his stock ready for potentially the next two rounds and maybe even a Dunlop Series race in there as well. Uh, super 2, I should say. So, yeah, lots to prepare and in a really short space of time. You know, generally he said it would take 12 hours and he's trying to do it within 6 to 8 hours to try and make sure he gets across the border in time. But it sounds like these guys are reasonably prepared. Having you know, all the ties in the country other than the tyres for Bathurst is a really good start. But I think the teams are the ones that really have copped it today. You know, they don't have cars prepared. Uh, they weren't expecting to leave today. So a really big task for everyone involved. You know, not only in the broader supercar operational-wise, but uh, the teams, I think, are probably the ones really doing it tough today. Yeah,
0: what a day, a a huge day. Now, of course, we record this on Monday, Mm. and you guys will be listening to it as early as Tuesday. So, we appreciate you tuning in to Parked Up, powered by Race Fuels. and. It does feel like we're in the newsroom today, you know. We're uh, we're, we're trying to make uh, just for trying to follow this, follow the story, mm. just like all the speed cafes and the motorsport and I'm sure uh, some of the papers and the TVs tonight um, and over the next few days we'll be r- reporting on this. It's um, yeah, it's it's frantic and it's something that we've never seen before. But um, yeah, good good that we get to speak to these people yeah. and, and see what they're doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously a very weird scenario, not a good scenario, uh, but it's also almost exciting as well. You know, it's, it's pretty cool to see how the teams reacted and supercars in general have just literally uh, thrown everything up in the air and come hell or high water, they're going to run this race meeting at Sydney Motorsport Park and they're doing everything they can to make sure they bring, you know, racing to the fans and that's what it's all about. It's about getting the show back on the road. And yeah, great to see what they're up to and how they're tackling it. So, you know, to give everyone a bit of a behind the scenes tour of how each department are, are reacting and how their day's gone, I think is it's been a pretty good show considering we literally uh, chucked out all our interview interviews uh, for today and started again about 30 minutes ago.
0: Yep, um, but the one person who we are going to keep in our uh, little interview regime for today is a lady we like to call Briony Ingerson. Well, that's what her mum and dad like to call her, <laughs> and uh, that uh, seems to be the name that has stuck with her. She's been involved in in supercars and the Australian motorsport scene for 20 plus years, really. She is part of the supercars broadcast production. Uh, you get to see her from time to time uh, on the on the Foxtel coverage, uh, and uh, she's also part of the live facebook feed that they uh, that they run as well so um many of you would many of you very keen supercars fans will definitely know her and uh, super f- cool funny chick as mm. well um definitely one that we had wanted to speak to from from the start and uh today is the chance to go and do that so uh
1: yeah, i'm looking forward to this one She yeah. she's a classic I she like is
0: it. press the buttons let's talk to Brony. And it's great to welcome Bryony Ingerson onto the Parked Up podcast. Bryony, thanks for joining us.
6: Thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure to be talking to you all the way from New South Wales.
0: Perfect. And a very good chance that you don't have any of the COVIDs. But we promise you, we can't <laughs> pass on our filthy Victorian COVID pandemic stuff onto you via the phone here.
6: Well, you better not, because I'm actually in the Supercars head office, and if I get it, we are all going down. That's <laughs> not what we want.
0: <laughs> no, no, we don't. We don't want that, and I'd imagine a very interesting day today inside uh, Supercars Land.
6: Yeah, not just an interesting day today. Look, it's been like this uh, ever since probably two weeks before Sydney, so yeah, almost a month now, just the ebbs and flows and you come into the office and you think you know what you're doing and then you leave going, what are we doing now? Um, It's just been crazy like the rest of the sporting world, I'm sure, having to adjust to all the new rules and regulations and closures and openings and yeah, it's, uh, it's quite
0: a time in the office. So you're part of the uh, production team for Supercars Media. We get to see you from yes. time to time on on the TVs. We definitely get to see yeah. you on the live Facebook feeds that you yeah. deliver from the yeah. track. They're all really cool. Just um, a little bit of um, uh, how much change and how much uh, adaption has had to be just during this period in, in your role and in that broadcast team's role.
6: Well, I guess the first test of that was at uh, Sydney Motorsport Park uh, last weekend for the first time back. it It was a really weird situation. It kind of, it didn't feel like a, oh, we're all back to school and we're racing and it kind of didn't feel like a restart of a season and everyone getting used to, you can't do this, you can't touch this person, you're not allowed to go in here, all those sorts of things. Um, I think for us, the big thing was just being the access to the drivers and teams, because normally you can wander through a garage, chat to whoever you like, uh, you know, catch up with the drivers, but everything was very, very different, very regimented, which of course it had to be. Um, So I guess just having the access to people that you normally would, that was um, a bit of a difficult thing. I think the broadcast, though, did a really good job of covering that um you know the guys that had carried the boom mics around and just jumped in underneath and <laughs> put the little hand mic in 1.5 meters away i thought they did a, a cracking job all weekend
0: they would have been heavy it looked heavy
6: well it's not yeah it is heavy i mean especially if you're carrying it around for what are we eight eight or nine hours a day um uh, yeah they did a really good job and i think overall not just the tv crew but all of supercars, the drivers, teams, management, I think everyone just adapted really well to the unusual situation. And I think almost because we, we've we come in a little bit later than some of the ball sports, everyone's used to seeing that sort of new look now. Um, you know, the first time we watched an AFL game and there was no crowd and they had someone holding a boom mic over and not standing close, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so weird. <laughs> but by the time we got to supercars, it's like, oh, yeah, this is how we're doing things these days. This is as they say, which I hate this phrase, the new normal. (laughs) It kind of is for a while, I think, isn't it?
1: Oh, absolutely. I thought Supercars did a fantastic job. The broadcast was awesome. The racing was uh, even better. So it was a credit to everyone involved. But also uh, we've just done obviously the online E-Series, which Supercars did a fantastic job with that as well, probably better than anybody that we saw. Did you have a role in that as well?
6: Um, well, look, I did last year. Chad and I had a role in the professional sim racing mm. series last year. Uh, we also had some work. We did a lot of work behind the scenes for this um, this one. But it was really a credit to, I think, Nathan, um, our general manager of motorsport, and David Tunnicliffe and various people that just made that happen so seamlessly. Mm. I was honestly really surprised at how well it went. I know how hard it is in real life to hurt 25, 26 drivers around, <laughs> but doing it remotely, I was like, oh, here we go. This is a, this is going to be a recipe for disaster, but it actually worked really well.
1: It, it looked amazing, and the racing was yeah. fantastic. Now, you've been in a, um, around... Tony,
6: how come... Hang on a sec, Tony. Yes. How come you haven't commentated for a while? I think... When <laughs> was it? 20... 2016? Toyota 86s.
1: I don't know. What happened there?
6: Was, well, you tell me what happened there. Well, I've actually watched what happened there. It was... Um,
1: well you're trying
6: to have a conversation with Dean Canto, well, that and yeah, okay, let's talk what, about this. You may have caused an accident. That and was not is true. It true that you haven't been asked back to commentate.
1: That is that is true, but it wasn't true <laughs> <laughs> that I caused the accident. So the whole thing oh. was the whole thing was we were going to go on board with some of the drivers, and Dean Canto was one mm. of them, and we're going to have a chat while they're driving around. And Dean decided to throw up the inside of some other driver and caused a big crash. While we're live on air, chatting away, mm, I,
6: there might have been a little bit of encouragement.
1: Maybe I feel maybe. from the
6: commentary team.
1: But you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> Dean's driving the car; he's making the decisions. Okay, so I'm not going to cop <laughs> right. that one. But yeah, I got boned. I got boned. I was actually uh, scheduled in to do a couple of Toyota 86 races, and Crompo rang me and said, "Sorry, mate, you're you're off the books," and I've never See been asked later. back since. So. Uh, there you go. That was quite, wow. quite harsh, and uh, and not a very good trip down memory lane. Thank you for that. That is, uh, that's, that's the out. television industry, uh, okay. Tony. Okay, so you just throw me <laughs> completely. But... Have you have you ever been? <laughs> hey, I'm, in through, a car? I'm Hey, I'm Have the you ever been in a car?
6: Here? And I'm going to ask one more. Have you ever <laughs> been in a car and people wanted to talk to you? Like, hey, do you know how how it feels or what it's like to have you I guess your concentration broken while you're racing.
1: For sure. I mean, we're we're always got the engineers on the radio, or but generally they will do it, you know, on a straight when they know that we're not under under the pump. But that was the yeah. whole thing, you know. They wanted us to go on board, chat with the drivers while they're in the middle of a dice. And you'd think, Dean Canto, <laughs> you know, all the experience he's got, he should be able to handle this. But so, I'm not sure whether I I uh, deserved all the criticism for that one. But anyway. Anyway, I think we'll you can share it,
6: share it 50-50 with Aaron Noonan, let's well, be honest. yeah, but, he's um... still
1: doing the commentary, so I don't know what, what the go is there. <laughs>
6: <laughs> just jokes, just having a go at you <laughs> hey, Yeah, no, it,
1: it does – it um, hits me hard, though, because I really want to do those races. So. <laughs> yeah,
5: yeah.
6: Well, commentating's fun. I've actually been doing a bit of commentating uh well, last year when we had big screen coverage this year it's sort of gone by the wayside a little mm. um yeah it's actually it's really enjoyable um i love it love all the support categories and hopefully fingers crossed we might see at least maybe one support category on the bill at smsp but oh
1: yeah can, all, you, um, can you let us know
6: Well, it's not going to be – I don't think it'll be Toyota 86. I think that might logistically be too hard. Um, (laughs) And they can't find anyone to commentate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We did just speak to Kevy from Dunlop who said that Mm. um, they are loading in the tyres for that class but still – a couple of question marks so we'll we'll, uh, we'll see we'll see what happens there yeah. and um, I hate now that I've uh, sort of grabbed the microphone off TD because it sounded like you two were just going to keep bantering about, <laughs> about Tony's failed commentary career.
1: Now, I'm asking the questions here okay so let's get okay, back on track okay. here, righto, righto. Yep. now you've been around motorsport for a very very long time it seems yes. like uh, 20 years plus That'd be all right.
0: Yes,
6: yeah. How did you get introduced to the sport? Working professionally. Oh, how did I get introduced to supercars?
1: Oh, just in motorsport.
6: Um, Oh, in motorsport. Oh, I grew up in a a family that had an interest in speedway. So, speedway is my first love. Mm -hmm. Sprint car racing, I could just watch it every day. Uh, It's absolutely my favourite thing. And I guess through being a fan of that, there was an opportunity at a local racetrack. They needed someone to do some interviews for their local telecast. And I was like, well, I know everyone and I know what to ask. So I started that way and then ended up sending a show into Channel 10. And at that time, I guess I just caught their eye and started doing some freelance bits and pieces. And then when the Seven Deal came with, um, came with Supercars in 2007, mm-hmm. uh, sort of slotted in as um, – bits and pieces, bits, um, reporting, some presenting, some producing, all sorts of things and sort of have pretty much stayed around ever since.
1: And, uh, you work pretty closely with our good friends, Chad Nalon and Andy Jones. Uh, Yes. Who's your favorite though?
6: Um, (laughs) we won't tell. Ben. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Ben's
6: my favourite. I love both of them to death. We have such a good crew and I really miss uh, miss hanging out with them and creating awesome content. That was That's what is so much fun about the Facebook Lives that we do is it's just – it's gotten a little bit more professional than when we started. It was literally like, let's just roll around, see who we can talk to and it's now become a little bit of a, a bigger production. But the, the essence of it is – if you're just a fan, you know, wandering around the pits and you see someone and you want to go and ask them something, that's what we would do. And um, yeah, still really enjoy that.
1: So we've got fans coming to Sydney Motorsport Park, is that right? Ten thousand, I At reckon. At this
6: stage? Yes, as of yeah, as of today. So will you be roaming around plan.
1: trying to get a few interviews or are you um,
6: allowed to be around? I just I don't I don't think we're encouraged to mm. go over we'll have to stick in Pit Lane and obviously the, the pit paddock won't be open to spectators. So they will basically stay over the main grandstand over the other side, which, you know, like it's a shame, but also it's better than nothing. And at this stage, the way things are going, and we just don't know, you sort of think everything's getting better and then yeah. one minute, you know, a state or a few suburbs are locked down. I think we should just be grateful for whatever we can get yes. at the moment.
1: We're just got to get racing again. That is, yeah, sure. exactly. We we actually yeah. spoke with uh, Charlie, and uh, I asked him about the expectations for the year, and he sort of mentioned mm. that there's really no expectations other than just trying to make this show happen. And I think that's where exactly. you know, what everyone's thinking about right now.
6: Yeah, and that's what Supercars actually um, have been working on really hard. I'm in the office, so I'm you know, privy to some of the the conversations that go on and there's contingency plan on, on a contingency on a contingency because, you know, as we see, things can change in 12, 24 hours. Um, so I'm actually really impressed with the way that they've adapted to the rules, the closures, the regulations. And, uh, you know, it, it pains me when I see people on social media comment, oh, the season's over, we should just finish it and wait till next year and da 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 you know what, be grateful. These people are working so hard to keep the racing going. And, you know, look, the last weekend at SMSP, how awesome was that racing? And I think it's testament to everyone involved that they put on such an entertaining show after three months of being away. So if we get races like that for the rest of the year, game
0: on. Absolutely. It was it was really cool. Don't stress too much about the uh, people on social media, they will just get you down, just <laughs> the, just like the uh, just like this pesky virus. Um, yes. So uh, you get to you get to talk to a lot of people, a lot of race drivers at the circuit, yeah. and you've got to do that for for a number of years now. Give us a little bit of an insight. Who's the best? Who's the one that you know you're going to go to, and you're just going to get good value from?
6: Oh wow, that's a very good question. Um, you know what, I'm going to have current drivers, like I'm going to have to say Steve Richo was my absolute favourite.
1: A bit of Richo. I love Richo. A
6: bit of Richo. Richo is the nicest guy in pit lane. Um, I'm, I'm I would say. Here. I'm just right here, <coughs>
1: <Barney.
6: laughs> Oh, sorry, talented drivers, though, talented drivers. Oh, uh, I love it. Actually, Tony, yeah, I rumour, I did hear that you won most likely to be famous in year 12. <laughs> Do you think you've achieved that goal?
1: I think probably maybe in <laughs> my school I did, yeah.
6: <laughs> Coming from a low base uh, there, but uh, that is sorry. true. Who, who told you this stuff? Chad would have told you that. Oh, I, can't, I can't reveal my sources. Yeah, no, that is definitely um, Chad. <laughs> um, look, I'd have to say at the moment, I think James Courtney's actually really impressed me. Um, because he's had a really tough time and I noticed at Adelaide after he'd had, you know, failure after failure and things were going his way, even when you go up and he's already had to do a TV interview and you're like, sorry, we have to do this again for big screen. He's really professional about it and um, he's really impressed me. He's always available for a good grab. Look, the, the DJR guys, when we're allowed to talk to them, <laughs> are great. Well, you know, (laughs) they're not so easy to access, but look, pretty much everyone I think knows the deal and they know that that to be accessible, it gets them more coverage, more value for their sponsors. So, yeah, we're pretty lucky that everyone's pretty good to deal with.
1: Now, one of our good friends, Nick Perkett, had a fantastic Mm. win at the last round. Did you get a chance to catch up with him and uh, do a little debrief?
6: Uh, well, I was actually standing at the stop area at the end of the race. Cool. So I got to give him a virtual uh, high five
1: from, <laughs> from
6: a distance. <laughs> uh, that was just a cracker race. If it, if it wasn't him, if it was someone else that had won that, I thought that's the racing that we miss. That's what we love about this sport, that at any given moment, anyone could have won that race. Mm. It was almost like getting a passing headache. <laughs> I was like, well, too many people are passing, too many people here. I can't keep track. (laughs) But it was great to see. And also, Lee Holdsworth getting a second place on Sunday. I thought, that's just, this is what we need. We need new winners Mm, in the sport. Definitely. Or at least people challenging. I think the racing can only benefit from having different faces and different teams on the podium and different drivers winning races. And just, uh, it just makes it all a more entertaining package when you have. Uh, you know, drivers that we don't see very often really challenging for race wins. It reminds us that these drivers can actually drive. It's just all about levelling the equipment out. And I'm um, going to be really interested to see what happens at the next Sydney Super Night. Obviously, the tyres are a little bit different there, but it's going to be really interesting to see how strategy plays out, especially now that they've all had the chance to go back to their workshops and look through the data unlock all of that. I, well, think I think they had time because a they had bit to pretty of time. much back everything up and get out of there. I reckon the Victorian um,
1: teams are a little bit disadvantaged now because uh, some of the people we've spoken to today, their cars are basically in bits and they've just thrown them together to try and get, you know, uh, get over the border. them in the
0: truck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and the
1: Queensland teams are just sitting back going, just laughing basically. They're, they're doing their prep as normal. Uh, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they do adapt to all that. But you know, often we see these really good races and we try and pinpoint exactly why we had an, an amazing race. And, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's just circumstances. I mean, everyone's saying it was the tyres and the degradation and that played a big role in how successful Sydney was. So hopefully going yeah. to Sydney again, we can sort of replicate um, mm-hmm. some different winners and some, you know, spicing up the racing a little bit. And then maybe we get a bit of a direction of you know, how we need to run our tyre strategy or to try and generate great racing because that's what we need to Yeah,
6: yeah. Well, personally, I'm a huge fan of just scaling it back Mm. even more. Mm. I think um, as a, you know, self-confessed Speedway fan, I bloody love that you rock up, they go and race, they do a heat race, they come in, they clean it down, they might, you know, repair something, adjust, and it's back out. Like no one is interested in watching teams analyse data. I couldn't care less. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that they had two less people, so you had to adjust their their uh, tyre strategy. There was no fuel, so that added into it. But all that stuff that goes on in the garage, I think people need to remember that it's, doesn't, it's not exciting for viewers to watch. Viewers want to see these guys scrapping it out on track. And that's what those couple of races on Sunday, I think, Really provided, and you're right, we're not maybe sure exactly how or why, but if we can keep working towards having, I guess, a more authentic battle between the cars and drivers on the track, I think that can only benefit the sport all around.
0: Yeah, it is a circuit racing thing that's you know gone on forever in a day that you know you roll up to a track and you've got to be there for three days and and speedway is, 18 hours a day that's right and yeah. speedway is just completely different if if you could take even just one element of speedway with your mm-hmm. experience and and drop it into supercars what 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 do you think that you'd do
6: Well, I I think supercars do have elements of the things that I love already. I mean, number one is the sound. That's just what gets me as a race fan, whether it's sprint cars or supercars, never get sick of hearing them, you know, roll out of pit lane or the start of a race. So I think they've definitely got that nailed down. You know, it comes back to, I think, in Speedway, it's like anyone can win on any particular night. And I think supercars need to work a bit harder towards getting to, To that result a little bit being a little bit more unpredictable and you know like i said take away all the tech stuff and let the drivers battle it out on the track as much as you can and also if we could be there for four hours that would be amazing (laughs) (laughs) i think that's gonna happen
0: send send the same bill at the end of it you beauty
6: that's right and we
0: shouldn't we shouldn't just uh pin it on supercars there you look at the Formula One race that we just watched over the weekend and it's yes. the same yeah. team that we've watched for the last five years dominate at the front so you know yeah. circuit racing just maybe by its inherent nature just encourages um, the best to be the best all, all the time.
1: Yeah
6: yeah I found it interesting over the years um, you know because we do focus a lot on the technology in the, the telecast and the way we tell the story of supercars, which is fair enough because it is a technological sport. There's a lot of elements. But I've gone and stood out on the hills at Winton and Queensland Raceway and wherever else with the fans and they sit there and they just go, go Ford, go Holden, go Lounsey, uh, you know, go Giz. That's, that's what they care about. <laughs> They don't sit there and discuss, oh, I wonder how they're analysing that data from that session or, gee, the camber on those tyres was, was a, you know, a bit too off in that. No wonder we fell back through the pack. It's just so simple. Yep. Just want to see good racing and barrack for the guys that they love and boo the ones that they hate. That's really um, it's really what we need to remember, that the fans that, that love this sport, that's – and I'm not by any means trying to simplify it and saying our fans are simple, but it's all about that entertainment <laughs> and the excitement and you want to be able to turn on the tv and not have not be able to hear anything and still understand what's going on i think that's kind of important
1: i I couldn't agree more i mean when you listen to the broadcast and listen to scafee and crompton they do a great job but absolutely yeah it's too much honestly the amount of times I talk about tires and setup and old oh, mate didn't quite get the setup right and and this and that and it's just like I understand it because I'm I know the sport but for people yeah. that aren't that uh, into the sport technically they literally they don't care they really don't <laughs> care they just want to see yeah. people uh, with you know close racing maybe a bit of bump and grind they want to see passing uh, they don't care about whether they're doing a twenty-five-two around bloody Winton or whatever it is, or setting a new yeah. lap record. It means nothing to them. So I couldn't yeah, agree Yeah, I mean, I
6: think yeah, you need to find a balance. Obviously, you know, you know, there are enthusiasts out there that still yes. enjoy all of that, and you don't want to to dumb it down too much because it is an elite sport at the end of the day. So we, you know, we're not out racing the of frogs or something. Yeah. Billy Cars, yeah, that's probably a bit better of terminology than Fro Frog. Uh, but I do agree. But I think that if the racing itself is more dynamic and there is more action, then there won't need to be so much of a discussion around yep. the technological aspects because there won't be time. Mm. It'll just be, whoa, check out old mate who's spearing past old mate. Mm. Check out uh, Den Canto who's been harassing <laughs> on the radio by the commentator and is now off in the weeds, you know, that sort of thing. See,
1: entertainment. <laughs> this is what we need. This is what we need. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for uh, coming in our little podcast I'm sure that you listen oh, to every single uh, episode um, I have listened to them Have, I have you really? Listened to
6: them. Yeah, of course
1: oh, That's my job
6: My job is to Can keep you, across would all Would you be able of... to
1: do us a favour and uh, actually like uh, rate our podcast.
6: Hi, I'm Brian Ingerson, and when I'm alone, I would choose to listen to Parked Up with Grant Rowley and Tony Alberto.
1: That is Something perfect. Like that. Did you want
6: me to do a promo? No, <laughs> that is perfect.
1: You've just done it. You've just done it. It's perfect.
6: on the record. Parked Up, my podcast of choice. Yes. I can I can already see the, the TVC's promos.
1: You realise Grant is going to like use that big time. Yeah. <laughs> Not authorised
6: by Bryony (laughs) (laughs) Ingerson.
1: It's been an absolute pleasure having a chat. Yeah, likewise.
6: Thanks, guys. And
1: we look forward to the next round of supercars. I'm sure that you're going to play a big role in the background. And we might even see your lovely, uh, smiling face on the TV uh, real soon. What do you reckon, Grant? Can't wait. Thanks, thanks thanks, guys. Thank you very much for your time.
6: Much appreciated.
0: So there you have it. Great to talk to Bryony. We thank her for her her time. And we also thank her for bringing up a couple of cool <laughs> Tony D stories. I didn't uh, expect that. Yeah, there you go. Well, the uh, Dean Canto one, I'd completely forgotten about that. That's a great we one. We should
1: try and drum up that footage and uh, the commentary as well. I think we can do that. <laughs> oh,
0: maybe next week we speak to Dean.
1: Yeah, let's speak to Dean. Actually, he's given me a bit of grief at the moment because he's called me a few times. I haven't called him back. <laughs> right.
0: Well, don't call him back. We'll call him next week, and we'll gotcha. see what he's up to. Gotcha. Uh, one, one of one of the best. Love Dean, and uh, love his family as well. They're all uh, they're all classics as well. Mm. Something about Sydney people. They're just. I know he lives in Adelaide now, but he's originally a Sydney boy. Mm. Sydney boys are obviously the best. Tony, would you agree?
1: <laughs> At the moment, uh, Victorians are on the nose. So yeah, Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> in Sydney uh, definitely got our vote. So great show, though. I like that. I like how we sort of uh, shifted and got in contact. We're with, very mobile. Yeah, got so in contact with everybody that mattered today, and uh, it was a pretty good show, I reckon. Yeah, not too bad considering.
0: We did. Um, we actually promised to give away some ah. uh, some stuff. We didn't actually do it. I didn't. I didn't promote anything on the Facebook page, oh. but parked up on facebook it's facebook.com forward slash parked up podcast you've got to like it because this week i'm going to put up some race fuels hats and stickers and we're going to send them away
1: cool you know we also need to do Mm -hmm. for everybody that's listening if we can ask a really big favor when you go onto your favorite podcast app whether it be apple or spotify whatever it is we need you to leave a comment and actually give us a rating
0: even if it's one star
1: no no it's got to be five all right I actually went on there yesterday oh, yeah? and I checked it out and there's a comment from Fake Delberto. And I was like, <laughs> who's that? It wasn't me. Maybe my dad or something. <laughs> fake Delberto. Fake Delberto. Were they uh, positive or critical? Ah, Very positive, very positive, yeah. Great. So, yeah, it, we... Uh, positive is COVID positive? Because that's a big <laughs> positive. <laughs> that's that's a, a fake negative. That's, yeah, sure. That's your... We do need... You to do that for us that'd be great we yeah. appreciate that
0: hey and anyone who does do that we're going to give a massive shout out to so yeah so put, put it on there we might just have to do a good, whole
1: show just on shout outs
0: good bad or indifferent um i'm keen on some shout outs we might do a shout out thing but definitely a shout out for, for whoever uh comments and wins our race fields hat and sticker which we'll find on the facebook page in a couple of days time And with that, episode number 16, Tony D, Mm. of Parked Up has come to an end.
1: Has come to an end, but it was an exciting episode.
0: Fast-paced.
1: Fast-paced. Everything's happening today, and uh, I like it. We've done well. Until next week. See ya.